so anyway i don't i don't know how i'm gonna intro this let's just uh let's just go for it uh hey okay. guys hey. mike <laughs> and that's jeff <laughs> the usual the usual sus- suspects so i just want to go off and right off the bat and say this is episode 51 we're, we are recording this before 50 because episode 50 is gonna be a huge event you don't gotta tell everybody wanna... that man. now they're gonna know Why? our secret oh, oh t- come on so this is episode 51 being recorded before episode 50, but episode 50 is going to be tight as fuck. So yeah. I'm like, you got Jeff, usual suspects. Yep, yep, so, yep. Yesterday, at the time of this recording, there was two big events, Jeff, that inspired this episode topic. But before we get into that, what are you drinking? <laughs> I am drinking. You want me to say what I said the first time or say what it actually is? Uh Either way, <laughs> this, uh, it is a limited Southern tier cold pressed coffee pumpkin, Imperial okay. pumpkin ale, not cold breast, not cold breast. It is cold yeah, pressed, cold pressed coffee <laughs> pumpkin. Um, and it's really good. It's, it's awesome. It has a good coffee note to it. And I have been on record many times saying that pumpkin has fallen off throughout the years, but this is very good. This is a real good beer. So I do like this one a lot, and I I think that their I think their Warlock is the best pumpkin beer around. So don't, I'm not trying. So I'm not trying to bash fired. Southern Tier because I know everybody loves pumpkin, but I just happen to towards Warlock instead. Shots fired. No, so not really. I, I still think yeah, like, <laughs> shots fired. I like I like their shots other one fired. better. <laughs> so I'm drinking. Uh, I got this at my local uh, beer store. It's the Big Top PB and J Pale Ale. Nice. So I haven't had it before. I'm drinking straight out of a can. Nice PB smell, but mostly jelly. Make that into a shirt. Mostly jelly. It's not not a whole lot of PB peanut butter, but it's a lot of jelly. Light, nice pale. Strawberry ale. jam. No, I think it's great. Damn, tastes grapey, but um, not a whole lot of PB, but a lot. There's obvious jelly. Am I? Oh my god. Okay, I'm good. So mostly PB. Oh, oh my god, not a lot of PB. Mostly jelly. Nice pale bite at the end. It's, it's good. I'm, I'm slowly getting nice. happier. Slowly getting happier. I'm gonna tell you, I, I'm this uh, this peanut butter, this peanut butter and jelly craze, or just peanut butter craze, or whatever the hell we're doing now. It seems like everybody's got something with peanut butter and and or jelly in it. And I'm not opposed to it yet, but I think this might be the new craze. This is going to be the new fad. Like, is it so like hard sodas and session IPAs and New England IPAs? <laughs> and then New England unfiltered juice bomb IPAs or yeah. or uh, all the other fads. Just I don't know why we do this to ourselves. It's like when it's like when the radio plays your favorite song so many times that you just want to kill yourself. Despacito. <laughs> but it's maybe we could talk about the, the, the hot juice. I think Jeff, I think you're frozen. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I love my beers. Don't get me wrong. But let's be real. Does every does everybody have to have a pure beer? Because like most of them aren't that good. You just froze for like the last three minutes. Ah. <laughs> uh. I'm gonna cut it out. Something about Despacito. Yeah, yeah. I'll cut it out. So anyway, that'll be another topic 
hazy IP, New England IPAs because there's some shit going down with that with Garrett Oliver, Oliver from Brooklyn. So we'll have to cover that. Maybe next episode we can do that. But uh, so I'm glad you brought that up, Jeff. It's a good segue because yesterday I was at the Tom and Dan Bad, Bad at Business Beer Fest in Sanford. And I was with our buddy Preston from the Beer Chasers in Bayborough Brewing. Whoop, whoop. Shout out to Preston. He brought his peanut bought his peanut butter and uh chocolate stout his version seven and boy did people fucking love that shit oh my god it's great dude each version is significantly is a lot better than the previous one but holy shit dude people go crazy for peanut butter and anything jelly chocolate peanut butter and or jelly yes yeah and people go ape shit for that me too i love novelty beers no shame in that but it went crazy they went crazy. So anyway, yeah. So there's that. So pretty much this episode inspired by that and and the uh, civil society event that was making a little bit of waves on Facebook. Um, beer is running at seems to be running out at beer festivals. Like breweries slash vendors seem to be running out of beer early, man, and, and it seems to be uh, starting to become a, a noticeable problem, at least in the world that I see on Facebook and Twitter and mm-hmm. all those social media. So I kind of want to have a discussion w- with you and me about kind of what have we noticed? Have we not noticed trends reasons uh, and kind of break it down, man. Just, you know, the usual shit that we do. I mean, we, well, yeah, go ahead. You go. Um, so, I mean, we threw the, you know, the, the first annual and only annual uh, world of beer homebrew fest. And Jeff did an excellent job. Like we've said a hundred times, but one of the things that was overlooked was making sure that people who the people who were pouring had enough for everybody. And I Correct. think I think you know that the math was behind it to make sure that there was always enough. And for some reason, these bigger events seem to be lacking in that math aspect of all right, I'm gonna have X amount of people, they're getting X amount of pours. How much does each brewery need to have to make sure everyone has a chance to get a little bit well and then you have to factor in over pours sharing all that stuff and how right. much should i ask of these breweries to bring and a lot of times the breweries aren't profiting off it it's a cost to them which well, they should have budget for yeah but here's, here's the issue with it so for the homebrew festival the math's easy because there's really only one way to think about it you you know every person who's coming through more than likely is trying every sample once or at least once, right? So you need to make sure that there's enough beer for every ticket sold to get two ounces of each beer. So then you do the math and you say, do we have enough beer? They need, everybody needs to bring so-and-so amount of ounces that translates to this much beer. Perfect. And you just, that's, that's that. The problem with the festival is they're not factoring in that everybody is going to drink every beer, two ounces of every beer. Bring in that each person is going to drink so and so amount of ounces. So, do we have enough beer for every person to consume forty-eight ounces of beer? Sure, you know, between the fifty or so vendors, we definitely have enough beer for everybody to get forty-eight ounces. But then, what happens is everybody comes in and goes, "Oh shit, Jay Wakefield just tapped this so and so, blah blah blah," and there's a two hundred person line for Jay Wakefield, and they run out of beer in twenty minutes. Yeah. That, and, I mean, that has to be it. That that's, I mean, it. that's exactly it. 
if they were thinking of it the opposite way, everybody gets one sample of every beer and we need to make sure that we only sell enough tickets and, and provide enough beer for this per head of every beer then, yeah. or from every brewery, at least every, if the brewery wants different beers, they need to have a combined amount of whatever way you're protected and you're not going to oversell your tickets and and undercut your breweries and make them look stupid but on the flip side the breweries need to not make themselves look stupid and and understand that they need to bring enough beer and and honestly be the guy who brings too much beer like never run out because when everybody else runs out all of a sudden you're the coolest freaking brewery there yeah yeah i mean that's I think a lot of it has with what you said is I think it's one hundred percent correct, but I think a lot of it has to do with like communication within the 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 brewery running the event, and then the people going to where like you know the bad business they ran out of beer, not to their fault, but they ran. I mean, a lot of breweries ran out of beer, and then you know this Silver Society beer, it was a huge deal on Facebook that a lot of people were complaining and were upset that all these great breweries that were at Civil Society and we're looking at the tap list now, so it's. There's 50 breweries, great tapless, great breweries there, but they, everyone ran out super early. And this was a five-hour event, five hours. Mm-hmm. So are these breweries aware of how many people are showing up? Are they aware it's a five-hour event? Or do they just like, you know what, I, I'll be there to get the name out, but I'm not sacrificing, you know, all these kegs. I'm just bringing two Slims and just saying, fuck it. And then at least I'm there. Right. I don't know. I know um, with, with the Tom and Dan thing yesterday, uh, Baber was next to a brewery, a national brewery. The guy only bought a case of two different beers, so two total cases, and that was it. He ran out in half an hour. He was out. Right. And it's like, like you said, like you're not doing yourself any favors if you run out, dude, because people are just going to be like, oh, well, they're out. They're not going to stop in. Like you're doing yourself more of a disservice running out than having too much. You might as well have not even came at all, like yeah, because you're, 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 doing, you're doing more negative than positive, and you know it's one of those things where it's like that that person, the person who comes with two cases, they're not looking at the event as an opportunity; they're looking at it as an obligation. That's yep. the person who's like, I have to go to this freaking thing. I got to show my, you know, I got to go pour some beer. This sucks, and like you know what there's no point in you being there at that point. You're not doing yourself or your brewery or anyone who tries your beers, any favors by bringing two cases of beer to a two hour event. You could drink two cases of beer in two hours by yourself. So you know, like, yeah. don't, yeah. don't tell me that was for everyone there. Like that's ridiculous. Right. So, so that's just, you're not doing anybody any favors at all and just don't even come. And if you're going to come, make sure you bring enough beer that you're going to be able to, the, the beer's not going to go bad if you take it in a cooler for one day, put some ice around a keg, and and if you don't sell through it, you bring it back and you tap it in your tap room. Like, like bring bring up kegs if you if you get to them, good for you. You write it off. And so if you don't get to them, you go to the tap room, you tap them tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, another thing I want to point up is that you know with with these uh, you know it seems like every weekend there's like five beer festivals and all these breweries. I think breweries need to start picking what events they should and shouldn't attend you know because a lot of the smaller breweries have limited beer or maybe they have a limited budget to where it's like you can't be at all the events so it's like all right should i go to this one and only have two cases of beer or should i not go to this one go to this one later and have four cases of beer or more beer like 
I feel like so many breweries are so stretched thin with the need of having to be at every single event, but they always run out. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Well, it's is is more better or is quality better? Right. I think the event planner needs to really sit down and think about what their goal is and what they're trying to do for their for their customers and decide what the maximum really is. Are is anybody going to a fifty a fifty brewery event and going to actually try fifty breweries and and give their honest opinion on them? Because by the time you get through thirty samples, you're you don't care pa- your palate's fucked. You're not you don't yeah. know what you're trying. I mean, realistically, because because not that's maybe it's only like three or four beers, but it's it's imagine how many times you've your palate's changed from one style to another, from hoppy to malty to yeasty to this. You've got every flavor profile known to man going through your palate in two ounce samples, one after the other. By the time you get through fifteen or twenty of those, your palate's numb. It's not, yeah, you know what I mean. That's Even true. if it's only two or three beers worth of beer, you're still you're just not going to be able to taste anything. So, right. so what's the point in having fifty breweries? You don't need that much representation. If if the people were making it, you know, hey, we're going to cap it at at fifteen breweries for each event then the breweries would have to be more selective about where they went because there wouldn't be enough room for them all to get in. And then, you know, then you, you can bring all your beer, then you're never going to run out. Right. And, and another point I want to bring up and obviously I won't name the brewery, but there's another beer event in Orlando a couple of weeks ago and the brewery that was there doesn't even distro to Orlando, but they were there. Hmm. Why? Would you even go there if you can't keep up with your demand of where you're distroed? And that <laughs> no. to me is a, a waste, an, an absolute waste. Yeah, that you, one's that just one's like bizarre. just like what you said. I have this knowledge of people go, to, me included, will go to beer fest to get drunk, not to like critique beers like like a judge. Like I go to get hammered, and I go to try everything and to get hammered. So it's. I'm not going to remember what beer A tastes like from some brewery I never heard of three hours ago because I've had 20 samples and my palate's, you know, numb. So it's like, it goes back to the theory of, I think breweries need to, to be more picky with the events that they pour at. If right, quant- if if their budget's tight or they can only donate so much beer, like you need to pick and choose where can you get the most bang for your buck. And sometimes that's not at the big events. Sometimes it's, at the smaller events prime example of when we went to mariana trench day at two south like to me that and we said on the show was a perfectly ran run event mm-hmm. to where it was limited to 300 people and they had due south beers but they had other breweries to where no one ran out or if they did everyone had a chance to at least try it you know twice and it was no lines. There's no, and there's lines for that time tappings, which I think is bullshit, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing. But there was, you know, it was just nice and quiet and like no issues. Oh, yeah. sorry. Uh, you know, Jeff and Mike brewing, we ran out of our fucking delicious rare beer that you can only get at the, you know, whatever. It was perfect. Yeah. Was- I, I personally, I, I am a fan of the time tappings. I know you're not, but I, I like them. Um, but yeah, I, I think that was a great event because exactly like you said, it was exclusive. It was limited. The people, there was only a handful of other breweries represented, but they brought killer beers and they brought enough of it for everybody. 
if they would have sold a thousand tickets instead of 300, they maybe would have not had that, you know, it would have been a bad event. It would have been the same shit that you hear every year about Hunapu or, you know, all these big ones where everyone runs out of beer and the lines are insane. And by the time you get to the tent that had a time tapping, they're already out of the beer. And, you know, everybody gets pissed off about those events every year. Anybody who's gone to Hunapu Day knows that everyone complains about it after. Right. And that's, I mean, that's my gripe right there. You just said right there is my gripe about the time tappings is that this, whatever beer, beer A is being tapped at four o'clock. The line starts forming at two and they only have so much for, and then you're waiting in line and then you don't get any. And that's why I don't like time taps, tappings because it just is a fucking pain in the ass for more people than the people actually trying the beer. And it's like the damage is worse. It's dude, bad experiences are always worse than better experience, good experiences. So that person just stood in line for an hour, sweating, losing an hour of drinking on a limited time event, and they couldn't get your fucking beer. And then, and now they're pissed off because they just lost an hour where they could have been to so many other tents because there's so many other breweries, but they really wanted to try your cocoa puffs, cinnamon toast crunch. Berliner Weiss, whatever, and they couldn't because you only bought a slim for the first hundred people. You know what right. I'm saying? So it's like I don't. That's why. That's why I don't like time tappings. Yeah, and I think the breweries have to be smarter about it too. For instance, if you're Joe Schmo's Dumbo Brewery and nobody's heard of you, and you're at your first or second or third event or something, and you're just trying to get your name out, and you've got a little like you know, garage door kind of brewery tap room that fits 12 people. Like if you're that brewer, like, you know how much beer you need to bring and you know, the line's not going to be forming around your, around your tent. You're just there to really get your name out, bring something cool, something that pops off the page that everybody goes, wow, that sounds like it's interesting. I'd like to go try it. Right. Um, but you don't, you know, you're not, you can pour a little bit bigger pour. You could be the cool brewery. You know what I mean? I guess is what I'm saying is like, if you're there to make a splash, cause it's your first couple of events, give them, you know, give them a, a free sample or two, or give them a, a big pour, give them whatever. But if you're Jay Wakefield and you are, you know, the line's going to be around the freaking building for anything you put on, you need to be giving smaller pours. Like you need to, you need to be mindful of what you are putting out. Right to understand that you need to not upset people. So if you're, if they're giving you a two ounce glass, you don't have to fill up a two ounce glass. You, you get what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you need to the same way that, that, you know, beer bars change the glassware in order to, to modify the price that makes sense for the customer and to get it in as many hands as possible. Like you need to do that yourself, self police that at a festival and understand that the goal is to get your beer into as many hands as possible. Right. And that's, and that's 100% that, on the breweries. If you're not doing yeah. that, then that's a disservice to what you, then you, for you even being there. Right. Every brewery, every brewery knows, knows how they are in the market. Like right. Jay Wakefield knows they're highly sought after. Funky Buddha knows they're highly sought. You know, you know what I'm saying? Hunt, you know, all these breweries have to know their clientele, the, the magnitude of their beers and what they mean to people and the amount of travel these people will go. 
if they don't know that, then they're bad at business, incredibly bad at business. So it's like, like you said, like Jay Wakefield, for example, knows their sours are awesome and they are, they're great. I mean, they're, we're not, I'm not knocking them, but do you do 50 people, two ounce pours or do 100 people, one ounce pours? Where is your most benefit? It should always be 100 for one ounce than 50 and two ounce. Always. That's, that's business. And, I want a simple business. And, and on the other side of that, you also know prior to going there what the buzz is going to be. If your first question isn't how many tickets were sold, yeah. then you're then then you're fu- like you're fucking yourself. You're going in if blind. you're not going in. You're going in if blind. you're going in blind without knowing how many tickets were sold, how many people are going to be there, how many, how big the glasses are going to be, and if you are a big name brewery and like we said, you know your market share, people know how popular they are and where they are. You need to bring more beer. Like if you know, oh shit, they sold a thousand tickets. I better bring four or five kegs. Right. Like you, you, you have to know that. You have to know that. Especially because if you're Jay Wakefield or, and we keep saying them as if they were like a big offender of this, which I don't even know if they are. They, no. I, you know, I just, just example, I'm, using, everybody. I'm using them just as an example, example because, because <laughs> right. when I've seen them at every event I've ever been to, the line is around the corner. So that's oh, the yeah. only reason I'm using them as an example. They very well could do all of these things that we're talking about. Right. But yeah. I'm just using them as an example because because of the sheer magnitude of people that go to their tent every time. So hypothetically, if you are a brewery that gets that kind of magnitude of, of, you know, talking about and people coming to you, like you need to know how much you need to bring and you need to know how many tickets are sold. And you know, every person who got a ticket is going to try your beer. Whereas the other brewery that doesn't have that same popularity, they maybe don't have to worry about that as much. But if you hear a thousand tickets are sold and you're a big name brewery that has a lot of popularity, you need to assume you're selling a thousand yep. beers. Yep. So like that's how much you have to bring. Yeah. I mean, it's that simple. So I, I'm, I'm going to name off a couple. So this civil society tap list is magical in the best way possible. Magical. So I'm not going to name every 50 brewery, but I'm going to, I'm going to highlight some, some more popular ones to help back our point. So three sons brewing. They're not open yet, to my knowledge, they're, but they're openings relatively soon. But they're the next craze. They're the, they're the they next win a lot of awards. They yeah. win a lot of awards. Yep. Three Sons is huge. Uh, Seven Sun, huge. They just opened a new brewery in uh, St. Pete. Doing good stuff. Uh, all Ardwolf, great stuff. Haven't had their shit. Here it's good shit. So uh, Angry Chair, I mean, that's another example of a Jay Wakefield. Angry Chair yes. has a lot of hype behind them, and they do great stuff. One of my favorite breweries. Uh, Bizzle Brothers, uh, not in Florida, but a lot of trade. Bottle Logic, same thing. They're not in Florida, but there's a lot of trade there. Uh, Cigar City, you know they've they've gone downhill, but they can still they still get a crowd. Well, they always still bring big whales every time they go to festivals. They, yeah, so this they'll one, drop like a 2013 Hunapu on, and you'll be like, "What? Yeah. <laughs> oh shit!" <laughs> uh, so there are two beers that, according to this tap list, they brought was their Margarita Goza. And they're decoherence, which are pretty much awesome. I, I, I try both for sure. Uh, cycle, both of theirs is to be determined, which is bullshit, which I want to bring up next. Uh, Funky Buddha was there. They still get a, a good crowd. Jay Wakefield. A lot of these brews I haven't really heard of. Great notion. Like, I've never heard of them. 
let's see, Jay Wakefield, uh, MIA bought a uh, passion fruit wild ale and they're Miami Hayes. MIA gets a good crowd. They're doing good stuff. Uh, modern times out of San Diego, rare or other half, Os- other half Ocelot RAR brewing, which is drawer or rare, whatever. Uh, Slim Pickens, they, they're Societary. They do awesome stuff. Southern Grist, Stillwater. Toquesta was there, Jeff. What's up? I love me some TBC. A uh, couple other breweries, and then Twisted Trunk is another big one. Mm. Um, and that's just some of the 50. But all of those breweries that I listed, maybe minus Toquesta, <laughs> which is a great brewery, but most of those have huge loyal followings. So for you not to have enough beer is... Man, it's it's really a slap in the face, man. And that's not good business. It's like Burger King running out of Whoppers. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> how can you fuck that up? <laughs> yeah. Um. But to the point I, I mentioned just now that the TBD, there's uh, oh man, a, at least a handful of breweries: Bottle Logic, uh, Cycle, Jay Wakefield, LIC Beer Project, Northern Monk. Uh, so the uh, Twisted Trunk and Steam Horse. So this event seemed to allow each brewery to bring two beers. All of those breweries never announced, according to the website, never announced what they're bringing. How do you not know what you're bringing to an event? That's probably, you knew that was coming. You knew you were probably going to. And how do you not have something set aside to, See, to I bring gotta, to these bigger events? I've I've got a hold... I've got to hold the event planner accountable here more so than the breweries because you're the one who's trying to put out the marketing. You're the one who's trying to create the buzz. You're the one who's trying to sell the tickets. And if you can't put the pressure on these breweries to announce what they're putting out, then you need to tell them they can't come. Yep. And and that's, I mean, it's as simple as that. You're not, you're making your event look foolish by not holding them accountable and for them they don't care because it's a free they're they're coming to pour off losing money yeah they're losing money they're coming to pour off their beer for you a competitor they they don't they're just there because it's a good opportunity for them to get their name out that's all it is and so they don't give a shit if they announce their beer ahead of time that is purely a benefit to the event planner and for the person putting on the event is for them to announce what beer they're bringing the buzz doesn't help the brewery that's pouring there. They're not making money off it. Right. So, you know, I wonder, whatever. I wonder if, and we'd probably have to ask uh, when we do episode 50, um, which is, <laughs> hasn't yet been recorded. Uh, but um, we, I, that's something I, I would want to ask uh, Ryan Parker from Red Cyphers is maybe like, how does these big events work out in terms of, do these breweries get a cut? A percentage because that means if if uh this event is 50 50 civil society keeps 50 percent and the other 50 percent is divided amongst 50 other breweries how does is that even a thing or is it like like i'm assuming of the breweries are just showing up and it's, and it's a total loss in terms of money for them and screw that socialism we don't share so that's <laughs> what i'm i'm curious about because hanapu day i don't think they cut i don't think cigar city splits that money no, they're not to my knowledge. No, but they're also not paying anything. So they pay for their their product that they pour off. It's it's essentially we'll give you the platform for free marketing to a thousand people who are beer people. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
I'm going to come pour there because I get my beer in the hands of beer people, which is hard to find to get targeted marketing opportunities that are that perfect. Hey, I'm putting on a festival and every person is spending 20, 30, 50, whatever dollars just to get in the door because they love beer that much. You get to come pour beer to them for free. Of course, breweries want to be there. Because it's a free opportunity to pour their beer into beer lovers' hands. But at the flip side of that, they don't really care about creating the buzz of the event because the event is beneficial to them, but they're not making money off it. If 200 people or 2,000 people show up, that brewery makes the same, which is they lose out whatever the cost of their beer is. Right. So for them, they don't have to announce what beer they're bringing. The event planner should get on their ass about announcing what beer they're bringing to create more buzz, to sell more tickets, to make the event more successful. Yeah. Like, I... Oh, God. I don't know if I mentioned on the show, but it's like... if I feel like some of these brewery owners are just, like, not good at business. Coming from a guy who doesn't own a brewery, but my point is, is that like we this podcast is essentially a business for us right like mm-hmm. we, we work all the time we're always on the clock we represent a brand 24 7 so it's how do you just not think of these things of like hey i'm going to invest x amount of time in this event i want to make sure that the people know what i'm bringing because i want to generate hype on my brand at another brewery's event as much as possible so if i'm gonna bring out the whales you bet your ass everyone's going to fucking know about it because I want everyone going there, going to my tent and creating a lot of hype and posting pictures on social media about them drinking this whale beer, bro, and, and all this shit. But like, I don't like, how do you put a TBD on a, a fucking event that has civil society's like market share? Blows yeah. my mind, dude. Blows my mind. I don't get it. Well, if you if you read the names of the breweries that put them out, and not to say that they're the that they're cocky or whatever, and I'm not trying to put them down in any way, but I'm just saying the names of the breweries that you mentioned that were TBD. A lot of them are breweries that probably believe they can put anything on tap, and people will still come to their tent. And they're probably right because they're breweries yeah. that are already established, well thought of, putting out quality beer kind of breweries. So not to say that they're a little cocky, but Confident. they but they have a lot less of an incentive to say we're bringing a whale to this event because in their eyes, every beer they bring to an event is a whale, and people should just know that. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that. Yeah, I mean, Jay Wakefield, I mean, every time you see Jay Wakefield on tap somewhere, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I haven't I, – I, I can like, honestly I've, say I have not – I've been to their brewery. I've tried every beer they had on tap down at their brewery that day. I have had their beers at a handful of bars in, in the central Florida area, South Florida area. And at a couple of different events, I've probably tried 20 or so of their beers. I can honestly say I have never once had a beer of theirs that I did not think was great. Not just good. Great. Like they are all great beers. There are some that are better than others. There are some that are absolutely mind blowing phenomenal, but every one of their beers is great. So is better than is better than average or better than just hitting style, like they are good to great beers, right? Always. I mean, even even their basic beers, like you know, I remember texting you when Jay Wakefield hit Orlando and their El Jefe, which 
inspired your El Jefe name, another nickname. Mm-hmm. It's just a coconut jefe. Basic as shit. Nothing crazy, but man, was that just good. That was just good, good, good. And even like their basic stuff that Hello Kitty Kitty or whatever the fuck, here's Kitty Kitty. Oh my great. God, so good. I mean, yeah. And and- that's just their basic beers that they make. Right. They're great. So I can see that, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want people to think to think we're shitting on the Jay Wigfield because we're definitely not. We are just using them as an example. And actually, I'm a big fan. Absolutely, I, I've had a lot less than you have, a lot less than you have. But every, like you said, everything I've had, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed, if not loved. Well, you got to do. We got to do another uh, South Florida trip here, and then we can go down there. I know, dude. Their tapper. Cool. I'm going. I'm I'm planning it. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, it's maybe maybe we might do that spring of 2018 i don't know man we'll see there's a lot i have a lot going on you know with the show so uh but yeah i that was just some I, I i saw yesterday last minute um this episode i was gonna even talk about the whole garrett oliver thing with uh what he said about new england but i felt like this uh beer fest event was a little bit more of a, a little di- more direct i guess yeah more fulfilling yes but uh i think we i think it's a good wrap-up man um we love beer fest. I, I want to say I love beer fest. Uh, I go to all of them as much as I can. It's just that I just feel with a lot of other things in the industry that it could be improved upon and, and not take a lot of effort. It wouldn't take so, much effort at all. It would take a little bit of time and that's it. A little bit of time and just a little bit of give a shit, you know, yeah. like understand that it is important that, that people talk about it and that you don't want you don't want to put in all of the energy and everything that goes along with planning these events to have the negative, the negative press follow you afterwards. Is is it even worth all that time? If everybody's on Facebook talking about how, how awful it was that everybody ran out of beer early. Yep. You know, I mean, you have to think about, you have to think about what's going to be said. Unfortunately, nowadays it's all about the reviews. It's about what's put online and you have to you really have to think about that beforehand and say I want this event to go off smooth think of all the angles every possible thing you could possibly run out of make sure you have enough ice tables tablecloths trash cans i mean every single dumb thing that you don't think is important could all be something that people talk about later yep. you know what i mean yep i mean and, it's just and- we all we all know, yeah. We all know that craft beer is a huge industry, but here in Florida, whether it's Central, North, or South Florida, it is very small. Everybody mm-hmm. knows everybody, so it's one of those things where it's like you you fuck up or you make a mistake to where someone goes on on Twitter or Facebook, and that it's a small world. You know, one one simple thing you have two dudes on a podcast talking about you. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> but you know it's it's just a simple fix and maybe maybe an episode in the future we'll we'll make a list of crappier problems and solutions that that we we can see that might benefit the industry because there's there's a lot of them but they're i think they're all easily fixable it's just people want to need to do it but they're too busy whining about new england ipas and what some guy says about them about them being a fad who cares you know what i'm saying i've said that <laughs> I said that too. <laughs> they I are think I, would, I think we're wrong on that one. They've been hanging on for a while. Yeah, they've been hanging on for. They're a fad, but you, you have people whining and crying about what he said, and they're not worrying about putting out quality beer, dude. That's that's my only fucking gripe. But anyway, 
I don't want to get too much into that. For another episode. <laughs> That's for another episode. But guys, be sure to check out at the barpodcast.com. That's our website. It's cool. I built it using Squareface, Squarespace. And they're not plugging or sponsoring this episode, but I'm gonna say it was easy. Um, so head on over to at the barpodcast.com, click the upper left where it says store, S-T-O-R-E, and buy a damn shirt, y'all. It's cool. Be a member of the CCC Saturday Chuck Club. And by the time this episode airs, there may be another shirt or another two shirts available to purchase. And that is the best and only way to support us on the show as of now. Maybe we'll get into some sponsorships. Maybe get some free beer. I don't know. We'll get there. But yeah, guys, at thebarpockets.com, upper, upper left, click store, buy a shirt. And if you buy, when you buy the shirt, take a picture of yourself wearing the shirt. You tag us on any social media that we are on, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We will send you a discount code to use on your next shirt purchase. I believe it's 10% off. It may be 15. It'll be at least 10%. But that's a great way, guys. Buy the sh- buy your shirt. Take a picture of you wearing the shirt. Tag us on social media, and we will send you a discount code to use on your next purchase, guys. That is fucking kick ass. Love it. <laughs> so anyway, Genius. We're going to sign off there. I don't want plugs. Same shit. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) What he just said. Yeah. We've been busy. Blah, 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 blah. Still working on the show. But guys, stay tuned for some cool shit coming up. Episode 50, which is coming after this, but chronologically before this. This You already already listened to it. Yeah, you've already listened to it. (laughs) (laughs) We traveled in the past or to the future. However you want. Anyway. But guys, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at the bar podcast, at the bar podcast.com, buy a shirt. And as always, we'll see you guys at the bar. Bye. Peace.